It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi everybody, Russ from My Hammers 11. Hope you're all safe and well. Today we're joined by a man who heads up the obviously ever-popular West Ham Fan TV YouTube channel. Um, obviously interviewing fans after the game when we had football, which was nice, uh, plus loads of other content. I think we've got over like 50,000 subscribers, so absolutely amazing channel. It's Nicky Hawkins. Nicky, how you doing, man? Hi, Russ. How you doing, mate? Thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for taking the time. I know you see that you're enjoying the weather there, so I don't want to take oh, you... beautiful at the moment. Yeah, I can't, um, can't complain, to be honest. No, exactly. Don't want to take you too far from your sunbathing. So, uh, we're <laughs> so we're crack on. Obviously, the idea of the channel and the show is we obviously talk to you about your Hammers Eleven, but also to find out a bit more about your your memories of West Ham. You know, it's quite nostalgic, and you know, we're recording all these great um, great stories for prosperity on YouTube as well. So it's it's nice. So, in terms of you, Nikki, you know, what would be your your earliest memory of West Ham? It doesn't have to be a game. It could be. I don't know, meeting a player first time or something like that. My early, my earliest memory mm. would be sitting in with my dad. I suppose in uh, it would be the mid eighties. I, I couldn't tell you a, a specific date. Yeah. They used to come on ITV at the time. You know, the big match and all of that sort of thing. But I remember, look, I didn't, I didn't have a, much of an interest. I'm talking about when I was four or five years old, but. You know, I remember sort of vividly sitting with my dad on the sofa in um in our first ever house. You know, watching a West Ham game and um, asking him all sorts of questions about what was going on. I didn't have much of an interest. I probably was playing more with my He-Man toys than anything. And I took a took a quick glance up and and you know, and I remember vividly liking the colour of the shirt. We was wearing obviously a claret and blue shirt. Um, I, I would imagine. Looking at the shirts back, it would have been about the 85, 86 season. Um, and I was asking him all sorts of questions. And, and to be honest with you, uh, my dad never took me to a game or anything. So he was probably just saying, oh, yeah, just play with play with Orco or, or something. You know what I mean? And, uh, and leave me to this. Um, but yeah, I remember that was, that was probably my earliest memory um, of West Ham. Yeah. I remember my first game, I went with, with a load of friends. Um, and it was we won six nil. 
and we played Sunderland. And I, I, I didn't, I couldn't have told you what the the, um, the date was at the time, but I remember vividly. I, I think I paid three pounds to get on the door. I remember going to the old South Bank, standing in the old South Bank with my pals and all that. It was sort of a first time my mum let me sort of wander off on my own with my, you know, I had a couple of older friends. Yeah. We paid three pound. We won six. Now I thought, oh, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. And I, I since realised that was I was about nine then. Yeah. So it's been about ninety two. Yeah, ninety two. Um, I think yeah, ninety two. Yeah. When I first started to sort of take a real interest in football was during a ninety World Cup. That's when I sort of took a look up from my He-Man toys and thought, oh, this looks this looks all right. You know what I mean? But so it would have I would have been sort of about seven or eight. My my dad didn't go. My no. dad didn't go to the football at the time, but my, a few of my friends used to walk up there. As I said, you know, growing up on a council estate, a few of the you know the younger lads used to walk up. It was safe to do so then in the in the uh, in the early nineties, you know, um, just to go and watch a game of football. And I remember, yeah, that was my first one. So I would say that would be my most um, prominent yeah. memory. And yeah. also, uh, yeah, a six nil win for your first game is not a bad right. way to start. I think it's going to be like that every week, but. Funny enough, I took my my son. I took him to um, a European game at Upton Park just to, just so he could see. He had no interest in it whatsoever. L- lately, he's been getting a little bit more into it. And I mm. said to my other half that once he gets into it properly, I'll, I'll you know I'll get him a season ticket and all of that sort of stuff. Because when they're sort of under ten, you, you sort of get to half hour through the game and they're bored and they want to go off and do something else, don't they? So I said to him, when he can, you know, when he can sit there and concentrate, I'll take him. And I, I actually got him a couple of tickets for his first game at London Stadium, and that was the eight nil win versus. Uh, uh, in the league cup. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Was it Wickham? No, Maybe. it was. I want to say I want to say Doncaster, but it's not Doncaster. But that's that's because another eight nil I'm thinking about. But yeah, it was someone like that. Yeah. I got the ticket on my fridge, but yeah, he um he sort of had the same experience as me as as like you know when when he was remembering it, and I thought to myself. Don't get used to this, boy, because you know this. This is this is a rare occasion, a very rare occasion. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's a little bit more rare than actually winning. You know, we don't win a lot. <laughs> That's right. true. I had, a, had a good talk with him, but yeah, it's true. No, I think I think I I was sort of I I had my first game. It was that ninety two ninety three season as well, um, and I had sort of a bit of yin and yang. So I had what was the sort of the the utopian West Ham because we won we won 5-3 but the re- realistic West Ham I think we played Oxford United and Oxford United scored after about a minute, minute yeah. um, and my my granddad turned around to me and went that's it get used to it <laughs> and I didn't believe him but yeah um, so if that's that's your earliest one Nicky, what, what about you what about your obviously you've, there's a lot of time since since obviously that sort of period you know in terms of the great memories that you have of, of West Ham you know, in terms of so many great memories mm. of West Ham. I mean, as I say, I, I grew up in the area. I, I was I was a Canning Town boy, so yep. you know, I, I, me and my friends used to ride our bikes up there every day. You know what I mean? Just to to be in the in the shadow of the ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kicking a ball about behind the garages and all that behind a Bobby Moore stand. Um, I've got so many great, but my greatest memories, I, I think, are, are the recent ones is is doing the channel and you know doing it with my friends and, yeah. you know, getting to speak to so many people afterwards. And, you know, the, the 15, 16 season when we was doing that, it was amazing. You know, great wins up at Everton and, and at Arsenal and things like that. Um, but it's just, I, I think it's just the friends I've made just, just doing it, you know. As I said, I, I was a very, you know, match days for me 
you know, I'm in my mid thirties now, coming up late thirties to be honest, but I'm in my mid thirties now. Um, but I wasn't one of them people that, you know, even though I, I used to go with my friends and all that, it was me and Ryan that used to used to wander mm. up West Ham um, in our in our in our thirties. You know, Ryan he likes to go in the pubs and all that sort of thing. I'm claustrophobic, so anywhere like where I don't feel like I can get out, yeah, I don't like to go into. So like. If he used to go and drink in a bowling, I'd meet him up there and all that sort of thing. And it was so it was a very much a, a two man a two man thing. Maybe a, a friend or or whatever would come every now and then. Mm. But since I've done the channel, obviously, like I've met so many people, so many friends, so many fantastic, you know, away days, so many fantastic home games. To be honest with you, mm. um, but just yeah, I, I think that's what football's all about for um, for people. It's just. Yeah. You know, enjoy it, especially during these days because it's, it's becoming more and more prominent. It's just enjoy the occasion, just enjoy the day. You know, win, lose, or draw is, you know, irrelevant at the end of the day. You still got yeah. your health, you still got your friends. Um, yeah, so I think I think some of the more recent seasons are more. Yeah, and, I, and I, I totally echo what you mean. I think everything's, you know, this, this strange world we're in at the moment, you know, I think everything's been put into perspective. And, and, and yeah, I think everyone just wants to, can't wait to get back and, and watching the football, let alone yeah. put, what 11 we put out, what they're going to look like. They all have haircuts like you and me, Nikki, you know, they're all going to have shaved hair. But it's all about just being together and stuff. And I think that's what's come across this channel as well, is people openness to talk about their memories and stuff and just that sort of interaction about football again. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, could be, could be in a few weeks. Who knows? It might just be August. No one knows do that at the moment, yeah. but uh, it's, uh, I know there's, I know everyone's dying to watch some, football. I like the darts at the moment. The darts is brilliant. The PDC, uh -huh. you know, uh, class, absolute class. I've been, I've been watching cartoons, mate. <laughs> well, I've been watching. But you the know what? Funny enough, I was just saying to my missus yesterday, it's obviously some horrible circumstances what we're in, but this is the only time we're ever going to be in a six-week holiday yeah. since we was in school. Exactly. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. And all that sort of thing. So I've been sitting here watching cartoons with my son and you know enjoying enjoying other bits and pieces and yeah. and um, I'm looking a lot at improving the channel for the new season. Sure. We don't know what's around the corner. You know, there's talk about it being played behind closed doors, so we're mm. going to have to make plans for all of that sort of stuff. But I'm doing like a lot of um, sort of learning new, what, what do you call it, new skills. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been made redundant from a job, which, you know, it, it, it does suck, you know what I mean? Mm. Because um, I've got a new job, but we don't know when it's going to start. So I've got a lot of spare time. You know, everyone's waiting for lockdown to finish. Yeah. But I'm not going back to work. So I've got a lot of uh, time to put into the channel at the minute. So yeah. I'm looking at the new season. I'm looking at what we're going to do with... Uh, Know, making plans for all sure. possibilities, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. I think people call it Corona creativity. Uh, so you know, yeah. you've got this, you've got this time in your hand. You're not having to think about, you know, if, if people in work have to tra think about travelling to work or that commute. They've got all this extra creativity, or the, yeah. the, the mind's working. And, and that, that's what stemmed this channel idea was was literally sat down one day thinking, oh, I wonder what my hammers are. And just seeing that, you know, I think it was back in 2003, they did a big poll of, of West Ham fans to get their their Dream 11. And that was almost 20 years ago. And I thought, yeah. what a good time to redo that. So eventually, hopefully, over 500 people were going to be interviewing for this thing. 
Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things. And I think, yeah. I, and it's great that, you know, people to take it. I mean, I bought myself a little, I learned, been learning ukulele. Um, and so obviously the first song I learned was bubbles. So that was nice. So half time first game on the pitch, I'll, I'll be on, uh, doing a, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. All right, cool. Let's crack on. Nick. Let's, let's talk about your, your hammers 11. Now, as I said, there's, there's a few rules for this. One is, um, we try and keep it to four four two as much as possible. I am lenient, yeah, no but problem. as long as you don't put Paolo in goal or anything, I'm all right with that. Um, the second one is you have to be a, have seen them, been alive to see them play. So obviously for you and me, we wouldn't be able to put Bobby or Jeff Hurst yeah, or yeah. Martin Peters, but we could put in Guillermo Franco and Manuel de Costa, you know, for example. Um, and the third one is it's your 11. Huh? So you give me mine away. Oh, sorry, sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and the last rule is it's your 11. So it doesn't have to be the best players. It could be, mm. it's the players that mean the most to you or maybe the players you hated the most. You know, it doesn't really matter. And that's the great thing. We're hearing lots of different stories from people and, and anecdotes. So we'll crack on with your 11, Nicky. Um, who are we going to have between the, the sticks for the Nicky 11? Between the sticks, I mean, I was thinking about this because over the over my lifetime, apart from a few like in and out um, goalkeepers, we haven't really had many since I was I was been watching. You know, Ludo, Shaka, um, Fabianski. But the one that really stands out for me is who, who was the most prominent, probably when I was the most passionate about West Ham, is Robert Green. Nice shout. Yeah, I think uh, Robert Green was. He came from Norwich. He came with, uh, you know, England credentials. I think it was probably the one of the first goalkeepers I remember us getting that was sort of a a prominent international. Mm. Um, I thought he was a fantastic goalkeeper, a fantastic athlete. Um, took his job very seriously, um, and I remember him having some really, really cracking games. You know, when you think of Robert Green these days, a lot of people think about twenty ten. Yeah, and I don't think that does his career um, any justice. To be quite honest with you, he was a fabulous goalkeeper for us. Mm. Um, and he, to be honest, I was thinking about Lucas because I think Lucas winning Hammer of the Year last year was, you know, we haven't seen a goalkeeper win Hammer of the Year for no. many, many moons before my time. So um, I was thinking about putting him in, but just for the, you know, he spent a few years with us, Greeno, and um, yeah. I see him have some some fantastic games. It was a probably the first goalkeeper that I remember thinking, yeah, we're in safe hands here. Yeah, you know, yeah. any shots coming, any crosses coming, he's collecting them, and um, yeah, yeah, I just no, I just shout. think he was a fabulous goalkeeper. No, it's a great shout, and and I don't know if you listen to the um, the Peter Crouch podcast, but he, he appears he's been appearing on there recently. Um, <laughs> they're doing like yeah, yeah. So he's apparently he's a really intelligent man. Incredibly intelligent. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think a festival once. Yeah. Um, v festival maybe. And he was just in the crowd and all that sort of thing. Oh, I went funny. up to him. I was a little bit worse for wear, and I don't think he he uh, he took it too well. But apart from that, I never met him, and he was like a, you know a real hero of mine. So um, nice. yeah, he, yeah, he, he's a very intelligent man. And that stuff that he done with Chelsea with, with the uh, the European. You know, he made one appearance, I think, in the in the whole of his time at Chelsea, and he's he's sort of living off the back of it, like as a, as a joke, as a meme, as you say. I think that's hilarious. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah he just uh, that is a good. I like yeah, good goal. shout, Greeno. Okay, so put Green in goal. Who are we going to have on the um, left back, Nicky? 
left back, there's only one man. I'm afraid it's, it's Julian. It's, you know, um, Dixie was, um, I think he was, I never got to see Billy Bonds. I never got mm. to see Bobby Moore. But when you talk about West Ham, they're the three names I really associate with it. I know people are going to say Brooklyn and all of that sort of thing. But when I think about just personified, I want to say professionalism, but I don't think a lot of his play was professionalism. But it's it's that spirit of, you know, roll your sleeves up, get yeah. stuck in, you know what I mean? No, take no prisoners. This is my pitch. This is my side of the pitch. No one's getting past me and all of that. Um, he goes down in West Ham folklore yeah. for a reason, you know. It's, you know, it is sort of personifies that working class mentality. He got stuck in. He, he hurt a few people, and um, it's, it's a he's a player I never forget. To be honest, nah, yeah, and, and and you know, who can forget? He's, you know, the number of goals he got from a left back. You know, not only the penalties, but he'd come forward yeah. quite a bit for yeah. headers, and he'd be in those thirty-five yard. No backlifts into the top corners as well. That's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's like probably up to about 2000, that, that sort of time. He's probably scored the best goals I've ever seen for West Ham, you know? And to get a man that's so solid defensively, plus can ping a ball like that, mm. like a wand of a left foot, a wand of a left foot. You know, I've seen him put him in the, in the top, top corners, you know? Yeah. 10, 12 goals a season from left back. What what, yeah. what what we pay to have him now? Yeah, I mean that ninety two ninety three season. I mean he scored my first ever goal I saw, and it yeah. was one of those thirty five yard thirty five yard pingers into the corner with no backlift. And uh, actually, you know, I, I don't know if you're watching, but Robert Banks is putting loads of the season reviews on YouTube, yeah, and uh, it's like brilliant. It's, I mean, I've ca- I've called it the Netflix of West Ham fans because you just got to complete it. And yeah. uh, and I, I never yeah. heard of that. Still, I've done a podcast with Chris Stoll with a couple of yeah. a couple of about a week ago and he told me about it I never yeah seen yes it yes chris chris put me in touch with it as well we got yeah. robert on the channel as well because of it but uh no yeah it's brilliant and uh, actually i i only started from the 92 93 season because that's yeah. my earliest and it's you forget how many goals julian did scored uh, but also yeah. from like corners as well which is something i never associated with the player right so put he, julian he, sorry mate. No, he, goes, he was a great I player i remember one penalty against man united Shmichael. And he stepped up, and you're talking about Schmeichel was the best goalkeeper in the world at the time. I would say he was, you know, he was up there with with one of the Italians as, you know, the top yeah. of the world goal. And he smashed it down the middle. And I swear on my life, if you know, he dove in the middle, Schmeichel, and um, he couldn't reach it because he hit it so hard. He, he used to hit a penalty like as if to say, like, even if you get in front of it, it will take you in with it, you know. And um, yeah, I've got some great memories of him. And no one does that anymore. No one, no, no one rifles it. it no. That's what we were saying. When you think about the striker we had a little while ago, the uh, Zaza, the, the you know the penalty he took yeah. in the World Cup when he's pony trotting up to it for about twenty seconds, and I think, oh Jesus, I know. And uh, yeah, no, it was, no one does it. No, no one does that anymore. I mean, you had Ray Stewart and people like that who just. Tonk it, you know, for the, the penalty, but no one does it anymore. Right. Okay. So who are we going to go for right back then? We've got Julian on the left. Who's going on the right then, Nicky? Now, this is, a, this is a tough one because I've ne- I don't remember having any decent right backs. Um, I remember Breaker, early, early doors. Um, he was okay. I mean, there was nothing, nothing special about 
uh, Timmy Brake. He was, a, he was a good player in that. But I'm going to have to go for um, for one fantastic season. And I remember like, during this season, I thought I was his biggest fan. And that's Seb Schemmel. Yeah, good chat. I loved Seb, Shep, Seb Schemmel. I loved him to pieces. He was, for that one season, I thought to myself, God, we've found ourselves a real world-class right back here. And yeah. as I said, it was a position, it's a position even today we struggle with. Um, and I was thinking, he is top of the tree. Him. He's going to be a, a well-beaten. And I remember sitting there with Ryan going, might get his name on the back of my shirt. And he's going to me, oh, don't do that. You're 22. And I was like, no, I'm telling you, I love him. I love him to pieces. He's going to be our right back for the next 10 years. Fantastic season. Amory year. Yeah, he was. Obviously. Um, and then the next season, he was, he was awful. <laughs> he was terrible. And um, that was that was the end of Seb Shemwell, I think. But yeah, I'm going to go for Seb. Yeah, good shout. No, I like it. Yeah, solid. He was a solid player that that is that one season. Didn't he go to? I think he went to Portsmouth. Didn't he go to Portsmouth for a bit? Yeah, I think after most of them, wasn't it? it was yeah, like most of Harry's lot. Yeah. yeah, right. So we put we put Seb on the on the right back. Who we got in your uh, in centre back positions then, Nicky? You your colossals in defence. My first one, um, recent player, left us not too long ago. Um, two spells at the club. I still think he should get a testimonial. Um, it's tough. It's a tough one because I've got one nailed on that again. I was a massive fan of him, so this was a, a sort of a toss-up between two. I could have gone for Tompkins. I like Tompkins. He was a defender, but it's got to be Ginger Pele. I thought James Collins yeah. was um, recently. He 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 is my favourite player. Mm. Um, again. I think you always coming from a working class area and, and you know West Ham roots and all that. You always appreciate a, a trier. You know you don't yeah. have to be, you know, a, a Ronaldo or a Messi to to impress me. You know what I mean? As long as you, I know that once that ninety minutes is gone, you've given everything you could and you could have done no more. You know, even if you've made mistakes, you know, yeah. horrendous blunders and all that. And I think that's what sort of separates us from a lot of other clubs. You know, you look at a club like Liverpool, who is a working-class club and is a working-class team. You know, if, the, if if somebody makes a mistake that costs them something, their fans go absolutely mm. mental. You know what I mean? And, and, and they get death threats and all of that sort of thing. But as, as long as I look at the end of the game and think he could have done no more, you know, I, I always love a player like that. And I think Ginger Pele, for, for 10 years that he was with us over the two terms, I don't remember him having many bad games. No. To be honest, I don't remember him having any many bad games. And if he, if he did have a bad game, it wasn't through lack of trying, yeah. you know? I thought he was a very underrated defender. I thought we were robbed when we sold him the first time round. I thought he was one of the best centre-backs in the Premier League at the time. I think Aston Villa had our pants down and I was mm. delighted when he came back because, yeah. he, as I say, that sort of period when he was with us, him and Gabs, were, were spot on. Solid, solid, solid pairing. And, and also with, with JC as well, you know, it seemed that I, arguably for me, the latter sort of part of his West Ham career, so to speak, seemed to be his best, you know, yeah. and just, yeah. just the amount, I think, you know, because obviously the amount of effort and, and, and I think you could see it even more than, than obviously before when he was part of a bigger team. But, uh, you know, when he was with us, the last time, you know, the, the last couple of seasons, especially after the move to the stadium, you, you know, you could tell it by his facial expressions, by his, you know, body language and all that. It, it meant a lot to yeah. him. 
know, everything meant a lot to him, you know. The stadium didn't work out. It hurt him. You could tell it hurt him. When mm. we won, you know, he was like, I see him, you know, in my stand. Ross, he's, he's come and jumped in a couple of times. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I remember watching him uh, being at Arsenal when he was still playing for us. I think it was his last season for us. And um, he got a ticket and he was sitting a couple of rows back from us, you know, in, mm. in, in the stand rather than sitting on the bench or whatever. You know, it meant so much to, to Ginger. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget him for that. Yeah. Good chap. Okay, so who's going to partner Ginger in the middle then, Nicky? There's only one man for me. He was a Rolls Royce. It was it's Rio. Yeah. Rio Ferdinand. By, you know, and the funny thing is, is he was, he was class. He was a class, class. I mean, his career speaks for itself. Yeah. In the years when he went after, you know what I mean? Um, and you've got a big solid defender in Collins. So next to him, a ball playing defender, someone that could bring it out. He never had his best spell with us. He made so many mistakes at times. You know what I mean? I remember like 97, 98, 98, 99, him making so many mistakes, but he was learning. Yeah. That was the thing about Rio. Every time um, you saw him make a mistake, he never made that mistake again. He might make a different one or you know, a slight variant of it, but he never made that mistake again. Yeah. Um, a brilliant player. Somebody who, who made the who made defending look easy, could read the game. You can tell why he was compared with Bobby Moore, because you know very similar styles of play. Um, you know every person in the country could see it at the time. He was going to be an absolute superstar, yeah. and I think we let him go probably about a season too early. But for his career, I think it done wonders going to Leeds. That yeah. Champions League football and that you know making the mistakes and it not costing. Um, so much because they had, you know, class forwards and, and, and midfielders mm. to, you know, to get him out of it, making mistakes and learning like that. You know, his career was only going to go one way. He was, he was a class, class mm. player. Yeah. No, I think, I think, I think <laughs> the same sentiments, uh, you can't really say much more about that. Yeah. As you said, I think no, he's a class no, player. And I've said it countless times, England hasn't had a defender since. No, I don't think they will. I don't think they will. No. Not like him. No. Okay, so we've got a nice, I tell you, we've got that's a solid back five. You ain't going to get much change out of that back five, I tell you. That's good. <laughs> right, let's, let's, let's go to midfield then, Nicky. Who's going to go uh, left wing? Who's going to be on your left? Left wing. Hmm. Should have thought about this, really. No, I, I had my defenders, but. Um, that's okay. Left midfield. Who's going to go left midfield? Okay, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to put left midfield. One of the most talented kids that has ever come out of our academy. Um, two spells with us again. Never thought he um, fulfilled his potential anywhere mm. he went. I think, I, I'll be honest with you, I think um, the season he had with us in the relegation season, I think, knocked all the. It's hard to explain. It knocked all the all the all the flair out of him, I think, sure. because he took so much responsibility. Joe Cole, he was mm, twenty yeah. twenty years old at the time, that, that relegation season, playing centre midfield. Mm. And he um he had to take responsibility. He became our captain, which I thought, you know, for a relegation sort of threatened team, I thought was a was a crazy uh, decision. Um I'm not a big fan of like flair players being the captains anyway. Yeah. Um but you know, he really did roll up his sleeves then and he, he, you know, he was the one trying to make the chances but then coming back to tackle and all that. He'd become a, a very, like, industrious midfielder. Mm. 
but you don't want Joe Cole to be an no. industrious midfielder. You want him to be a, you know, a flair player, a player stuck up the pitch and yeah. you know not having to worry about the tackling and all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it, I'd, I'd be, I think I'd be a bit of a fool to to leave him out, to be honest. No, yeah, definitely. I put put Joe yeah. on the left. Okay, so put Joe on the left. Who's going to go on right wing then? Who's going to compliment him? Right wing. Uh, you know, we've had some good wingers, but yeah. one for me. Um, that I always remember, I thought, when we bought him, I remember when we bought him, I thought it was an absolute steal. I thought, how, how have we got this man at this price? And I think that's Trevor Sinclair. Yeah. I think Trevor Sinclair was, um, I think he was a very underrated footballer. He could have played for the top, top teams, mm. you know. Um, I remember watching him for QPR a few times, um, especially in a, in a testimonial for Popsy, I think just before we signed him. Um, he played in, in a testimonial there. And he was a special player, really special player. Tricky winger, low centre of gravity, quick, could score goals, could go past men. Um, and when we picked him up for, I think it was 3.5 million. Quid. Something like that. We have a couple of players. Dowie and Roland, I think, went there yeah, as well. Yeah, a couple of, I think Ludo might have gone yeah, there I think went as lane, well. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think to myself, how we got him for that sort of money and then traded them players for him. I thought, Jesus, like they must be in big trouble. Yeah. QPR because you know he was a he's a as I say he's a he's a player that could have played for he went on to play for City and all of that sort of thing. But they're not City now. But he could have played for a Man United. He could have played for a, uh, uh, an Arsenal or yep. someone like that. And he'd have fitted in perfectly. Um, and about the four or five years that he was with us, I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. He was absolutely spot on. I remember. A really good season was 2001-2002, yeah. just before he went to the World Cup. Um, I thought he was superb that yeah. season, unplayable at times. Yeah. Um, and then the next season, not so great, but then we weren't so great, you know. Mm. So um, there was obviously things going on in, in the background and all that. And then when we went down, he, he left for City. So I was a bit gutted. But yeah. I thought, as, a, as you know, value for money, I could have gone for Yossi. I thought Yossi was a good player as well. Um, I think he was one of the, the better flair players that we've seen at West Ham as well. But just for my memories, he's Trevor yeah. Sinclair. And, and, and also, you know, uh, one of those few players for West Ham who became an England regular while playing for West Ham. Yeah, you know, yeah. You said, but late on, yeah. you know, late on, it was, it, you know, he, he sort of, he forced himself into the World Cup team. Mm. I mean, I don't remember whether you remember, but... He, he he came in after like two injuries. I think yeah. Gerard and someone else were Hargreaves, I think, yeah. yeah. Hargreaves, it may be, yeah. And he sort of got himself in the squad. He was like he was cut from the squad. And then after a game, he had to come on maybe for Bex. Yeah. And he forced himself back into the into the team. He, he you know, his performance was so good in the World Cup game that he he carried on that form into yeah. the World Cup, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. Right, we'll put Tricky Trevor on the right. Okay, so that is um, some flair and some play, pace. I like that. Okay, who are we going to have in the middle then? then who's going to be your, uh, in terms of your centre-back, centre-midfield, sorry, centre-two? Centre-midfield. Um, two very talented kids. Um, both youth uh, prospects. Uh, the first one, one of the players that I thought made the game look so easy, and that's Michael Carrick. I think Michael Carrick was... Again, when you talk about underrated players, if, mm. he, if he didn't live in the same sort of era as Lampard, Gerrard, Scholes and all of them, yeah. um, I think he could have got 100 England caps. He was yeah. that good. Um, just so composed, 
a wand of a foot, a great pass of the ball, great reader of the game. I thought was uh, was absolutely world class, and I mean yeah. world class. And he's still very underrated. I don't think just by West Ham fans because he's not remembered too much at West Ham now, but by Man United fans, I think still underrated. He was mm-hmm. such a composed midfielder, and like always looked like he had ten seconds to to pick yeah. out whatever he wanted to do. Because, and I remember the season we went down to the Championship. He was injured the season before which is what I think was a, a, a big um, reason that we, we struggled that mm. season because he, he struggled so much with injury. Mm. I think him in the midfield would have, would have calmed things down. Yeah. I remember that season in the championship, he struggled. But he gave us a year, but he struggled really bad. Mm. And I thought to myself, why, why is a player like him? And it was like, it wasn't until he got back to the Premier League with Tottenham and I started watching him again, is that he had a top player's mentality. Yeah, yeah. You know? He wanted to read what the top. He could read what the top players were doing, and like if a ball was coming out of the air, he knew that an Edgar Davids or or you know a, a, you know one of the top midfielders at the yeah. time would control it. The ball would go there. When he was in the championship, the ball was coming down. He was going there, but the ball was ricocheting. Yeah, that way. yeah, yeah. Just fucking good, and he just couldn't read the game in the championship. Then he went to Spurs, two million pounds. Yeah, which was absolute steal, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're talking. That's you know, robbery more or less. Um, but he needed to do it. I think it was a promise to him that they would let him go. Um, and I know they was gutted when they left, lost him as well because of the, you know a friend of mine is a Tottenham fan. But one of the most underrated players in West Ham uh, to come out of the academy for sure. No, totally agree. Totally agree. Right. So who's going to partner Carrick in the midfield then? It's Declan. Nice. Yeah, Declan's got a partner in. Um, the thing about Declan, I mean, again, I think he's going to be, uh, if he stays, obviously, he's going to be a big player mm. for anybody that he goes to. Um, another kid, um, a bit like Rio, never seen him make the same mistake twice. Gives, no. gives his all for the club, plays that position simply. Like, if you look at all the great teams through history, they've all had a player like him mm. who who is not the he's not the, the hero, but he's a player that sits there, does the dirty work, sweeps it up, but he does it with class, you know? Yeah. You think about Real Madrid, Makaleli. When Makaleli left, they were never the same. Um, mm. Kante does it now for Chelsea. He did it for Leicester that season, you know? You think about all of these fantastic teams, Roy Keane for the Man United in the 90s, you know? They all have a player like him who does the dirty work, rolls up his sleeves, gets the ball off someone, then gives it to someone who can play. Yeah, he's a very, very underrated player. I mean, I look at other fans saying he's overrated and all that. They don't know what they're talking about. No, I've watched no. so many yeah. great talents come out of the academy. And I'll tell you, he's up there with Rio, if not mm. better. Um, yeah. You know, for the age that he is and, and what he's doing in the game. Um, and I think he's he's going to go on to have a, a big, big career. Mm. Especially no, yeah. with him. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's as you said, he's seven, eight out of ten every game. But he's oh, not—he's never going to be star man of the uh, yeah of the Sun ratings. But he's and he's and you can be really reliable. You know, when he doesn't play, you feel a bit worried for that midfield. Just a classy, classy yeah. kid. I, I'm getting worried about losing him and, and, and getting without him because I think a midfield spot is uh is something that we you know we haven't done too well lately in filling. Um, so if he leaves or you know if, if we have to sell him after this virus and whatever 
I'm worried about midfield without him because he does so much of other people's work. It's it's scary, really. Yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, I think he'd be one of those players. We've had a few of them like Carrick and stuff, and as you said, when they're not necessarily appreciated as much as they should be, and when they leave, then they're appreciated because he's yeah, like, yeah. Christ, Carrick. Like, he pinged some balls and he did that, yeah, but yeah. yeah, all right. But it doesn't matter because we, you know, it's all positive. Uh, you know, so we're, we're carrying going. Okay, so we've got a nice midfield there. Lots of lots of uh, lots of West Ham boys, lots of academy boys as well, which is lovely. Um, okay, who we got up front then? Nick, who's going to be your, uh, your your two star strikers? Well, anyone that knows me knows that one man is my all time favourite. Is is Paolo? Yeah, Paolo. I've got a picture of him on my wall. It was the only. It's the only man that my wife. Um, has, has allowed me to, <laughs> you know, to, to desecrate the wall for, um, because I insisted on it. You know, you know, I've got. It, it was a 30th birthday present. It was a player. Again, I think it resonates that you know the try hard, um, the, the you know the work ethic and all of that sort of thing. And he, he he was work ethic. You talk to anyone that ever played with him or trained with him or anything like that. You know, he was like, he's, he was an insane trainer, an insane perfectionist and all of that sort of thing. But when you talk about sheer talent, mm. just talent on the ball, he was the first, I think he's the first man I remember in a West Ham shirt that I would have paid my money to get in just to watch him. Yeah. Some of the things, I, was, I sat in a Bobby Moore for many, many years while he was, while he was there, from, from the day he got there to the day he left. And some of the things I see him do was, was outrageous. They're outrageous. And I, I remember sitting there, I used to sit with my cousin, saying to him, he shouldn't be here. He shouldn't be doing these things. We don't have players like this. You know, this is a, this is a top, top player. Come, up, come to us under, you know, a, a very, very dark cloud. He, you know, he, he, let's be fair, he's not all the fucking ticket, no. is he? You know what I mean? No. Like, I think that's what makes him so special. Exactly. And I had a, last year, I had a, we, 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 uh, co-event uh, evented a night with him and I got to spend sort of 10 15 minutes in his company and I, I remember walking into um to the dressing room where he was in the dressing room and he was always I remember this from his days he was always immaculately dressed immaculately dressed every time I saw him and I walked into uh into the room and he's got a, a, a lovely golden tan you know looks absolutely fucking a million dollars but he's got his suit on that must have been worth 10 grand, Yeah, I reckon. It was immaculate, you know, nicely pressed shirt, nicely buffed shoes. And the first thing I said to him, just because I think it was one of them things where you meet your ear, you don't know what to say. I went, you look so smart. And he went, well, I'm with my family. I always dress up when, I, when I'm with my family. But he meant it, you know? And um, I, I don't think that you'll find a West Ham fan that hates him or don't no. like him at all. No. For what for what he for what he did for the club and his continued love of the club. I mean, I've said it a yeah, few times. Yeah. He's he's doing all those little that little video we did on Facebook of you know him doing keep you up. He's doing keep you up. It's in his back garden in a sixty five cup final shirt. Exactly. Right? That's the thing. It's the shirt. It's not like one of yeah. his shirts. It's a six. He's obviously gone and got it, or someone his agent or someone's got it for him. But it's not like when he's played him. No, yeah, PDC. He's pretty much in everyone's eleven who's who's spoken. So right, okay, so who's gonna partner Paolo up front? And obviously, you know, we need someone to, to partner up with him. It's gotta be one man. Again, I, I do you know what? Me and him are similar ages, me and this guy. Um 
probably at the time similar body frames. And um, I based my footballing game. I had to retire earlier as well mm. uh, from football, but based my game on him um, just because I thought to myself, there's a, there's, a, there's a striker that can do everything. And I, I think Dean Ashton, yeah. um, if that injury didn't come, I think he would have been England's Alan Shearer, <laughs> the, next, the next Alan Shearer for England. You know, mainstay in the side, basing the team around him, you know, getting the balls to him. I think he could have done well with the goal scoring aspects of it as well. I, I, I think he could have been closer to a, because he was very young when he, you know, had to mm. retire, you know. Um, but you, you see him at Crew. He was a class player at Crew. And then, you know, for Norwich, um, he come and took the Premier League by storm. You know, we do see these players every now and then that come along, score seven or eight goals. <laughs> and don't look at Timu Puki, for instance. Mm. Um, but he was just a class, class act. Again, broke our transfer record at the time, which was seven and a half million pounds. When you think about it now, it's a, it's a steal. Um, but he was so... Look, you look at him in the Legends game that he played a couple of years ago, he's got a fused ankle. <coughs> yeah. He's fucking banging in an overhead kick, you know, yeah. at probably three, four stone overweight as well. Um, but he was, I thought he was the complete striker, mm. uh, you know, from what I've seen. And I've seen, believe me, I've seen, I, I could have put Carlos in there, Carlos Tevez. I could have put, you know, Teddy Sheringham, who was a, who was a class striker for us. I could have put Johnny Artson, who I thought was, you know, one of my, my heroes. Mm. But I think as a, when you look at the, just the sheer, quality of all his whole all-round game he could chest the ball he could head the ball he could hold the ball up he could go past players he could shoot he could he could do everything yeah. everything that you wanted a top class striker to do some of the goals he scored were insane insane mm. i remember a goal that he scored at man city in yeah, the FA Cup, say, yeah, yeah. Um, quarter final when he when he'd done this little shimmy and if that had been like ronaldo or messi or, or you know at the time probably like Lampard or Drogba or someone doing that, people would have gone crazy yeah. over that. They would have gone, but it was world class. It was like out of his feet with his with his right foot, you know, his weaker foot, like Cruyff turn, then smash left foot like an arrow mm. near post past Jamo, who was a, another good goalkeeper for us. Um, he was just, and then the goals he scored at Man United and all that. Even when he was at his worst, he's, he's you know injured on the cusp of retirement, he was still scoring goals. Yeah. He was still scoring goals. So, if it had stayed fit for us, he wouldn't have been with us for long, that's for sure. Someone, some, someone of the big boys. I think yeah. he, I could have seen him playing for a Chelsea or a United. United especially. At the <laughs> yeah, Rooney up front, that would have been a yeah. tasty yeah. two, wouldn't it? Tasty and, two. Um, he would have been an English striker for years and years mm. to come. It's Definitely. such a shame he got taken away from us so early because he, yeah. he would have been an all-time great. No, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt indeed. And yeah, I mean, he just, I remember when, when we signed him, I was so excited. Mm. And I, it's almost the same excitement I feel when we, when we signed Bowen. You know, that sort of young, hungry championship player who you know is just going to be mustered. And, um, and yeah, he was brilliant. I just, yeah. Anyway, that completes your 11. Uh, and here we got Greeno in goal. We got Julian, Rio, Ginger Pele. Sebastian Schemmel in the, the set, that's your defence. And then we've got Joe on the left, Trevor on the right. We've got Michael and we've got Dex in the middle. And then we've got PDC and Ashen up front. Not, not bad. bad is it? Not bad. Could definitely do a job. 
could definitely cheer you up if they were all in their uh, their peak of their careers, definitely, and not injured, obviously. Um, Nick, it's been an absolute pleasure. Really, really oh, appreciate you taking the time. Good. It's been really good fun. And thank you to everyone watching the video. Obviously, like and subscribe. And obviously, if you don't already, subscribe to, to Hammers West Ham Fan TV, definitely, because they're brilliant and producing some great content. And we'll see you soon for another, another guest. Take care. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.